Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. Folks, it's not a political fight, okay? The uniparty theory is real. That the swampy Republicans and the swamp Democrats both have one thing in mind, screwing you for their benefit, okay? That's the uniparty. It's not a party fight right now. It's a class fight between the haves and the have-nots. And the haves have access Sometimes money, not always money. The have-nots have no access, and typically none of the money associated with the access that brings them the money later. Uh, Quite the start today, based on the inflation numbers, showing you again, the have-nots are getting screwed. The haves will do just fine through this whole thing. Should really piss you off what happened with this inflation number today. I'll get into that in detail today. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. I got the inflation number, 8.5%. Highest in 40 years, 40, not four years for the lefties listening to us. I got an update on the Elon story. Stelter getting clown, haves and have nots, mask mandates, the food crisis about to happen, a stacked show. With cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate megastores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. All right, Joe, let's go. We've got everything, baby. Everything. We do. Yeah, I know. I got a lot of material today, as Joe knows, having to put this stuff all together. So let's get right to it. Folks, the inflation number just came out. Uh, 8.5%, a 40-year high. Four decades, we haven't seen an inflation number this bad. Of course, you know that. You've been to the grocery store. You've been to the gas station. You've been to the used car dealer. You can see prices exploding. You see your electric bill, everything going up. You are being, you're being whittled down like a piece of wood to death here. Your wallet's being destroyed. Inflation is the biggest tax we've seen in modern American history. You can either give it to the government or you can give it away to businesses that have to raise prices to keep up with the government printing. Either way, you have less. Folks, this is a class war. This is a class war here. This is not a party war. This uniparty theory is real. And whereas I've said to you many times, the, and you say, well, why do you vote Republican, Dan? Well, because of a very simple theory I have. Republicans may not be the solution to all your problems, but the cause of all your problems is most certainly the Democrats and their association with liberalism. The printing of money we don't have to finance massive government deficits you understand is what's causing this inflation crisis. There are other sub factors, Ukraine, what's going on with Russia, Biden's war on gas. But the biggest factor is the generational levels of money printing we engaged in during the COVID crisis and before. This is not hard. We printed a lot of money. Now that money's chasing goods and the price of the goods therefore goes up. It's a class war, and I've never seen it explained better in a piece I thought was totally unreliable. I've been following the, um, I don't know if you've been following what's going on in France with the Macron-Le Pen election. I'm, I'm fascinated by it. Le Pen is like the Trump of France, and she's closing in on Macron, and, this, and there's a, I think April 24th is the second round. It's a huge story, but it doesn't matter. For, it's for another day. 
but I've been reading this story and in the story, they talk about the Macron Le Pen election and they explain like I've never seen before the reasons, the many, I want you to pay attention to every word of this. The many reasons this is a class war. It's not a party war. The uniparty's against you. This, the, 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 what's happening now are the haves taking it to us, the have nots and the haves are in both parties. Here's an explanation. The Wall Street Journal piece, if you'd like to read, it's called Macron. The establishment savior suddenly looks vulnerable in the French election. They're talking about the discontent, not just in France with Le Pen voters, but all over the United States with Trump voters here and all over the world. The piece says, talking about where this discontent comes from with the have nots, us, right? It says the discontent has complex and manifold roots. There is the cultural alienation from a progressive hegemony in the West's major political academia, media, and artistic institutions. You're darn right. The culture war. Number two, anger at the vast economic inequalities produced by globalization. How do you feel in Appalachia if your factory has been hollowed out to send them over to China? You're darn right. A loss of morale from reversals in foreign wars and the rise of alternative civilization models. Unease at, a unif- uh, at an officially sanctioned, uncontrolled immigration that changes the character of the nation and citizenship? Yeah, you think? Frustration at the failure to address the rot exposed by the global financial crisis? Yeah. Resistance to the new religion of universal climate change? Folks, I haven't seen it summed up better than this. Want to see why there's this discontent and the have-nots are like, screw you people at the top, double-barreled family-friendly, sorry, not family-friendly today. We're going with the unfamily-friendly version. Attacking our kids, attacking our way of life, inflating our way out of a decent lifestyle, opening our borders, crushing our jobs, hollowing out our, our industrial base in the United States. You wonder why people are pissed? Because they're the have-nots and the haves have insulated themselves from all of this. Joe Biden's kid makes a fortune overseas while you lose your job to a factory built in a communist country. Here, you want to see more haves? Why people are pissed here. Daily Mail, BLM, they're the haves. Remember what I said, it's not about money, it's about access. BLM has access. They are a privileged interest group with access to academia, with access to the intellectual institutions in the United States, with access to the entertainment community, the sports community. You've still got idiots in professional sports pledging allegiance to BLM. It's a grifting group. It's a group of grifters. They went out and bought mansions with your money. Daily Mail, BLM apologizes for the stress caused by Joe. Inflammatory reports. Inflammatory reports about a $6 million man. Are you disputing that you bought the $6 million mansion? Are you disputing? I'm just checking. Are we disputing the authenticity of it? They're apologizing for the stress of inflammatory reports. You mean true reports. But this is what happens when you're a have. When you're a have, you apologize for other people's behavior, not your own. You see why? The journal nails this. The culture war. You're working hard for a living. You've done nothing wrong. You went out and fleeced people for money and bought a mansion. You'd be in jail. 
Daily Mail, a BLM as a Daily Mail report. Now that they get to apologize for other people's behavior. Rogan, popular podcaster, took it to Pelosi yesterday too. Did you see that chart? Number of Republicans and Democrat congressmen who managed to magically beat the market show. Kind of weird, right? It's amazing. How average Americans, I mean, you, your chance of beating the market in the S&P are pretty slim, right? Yeah. Not Congress. Congress seems to be doing pretty well. Does that have anything to do with uh, the fact that they have access to privilege information, which they can trade on? Joe Rogan's right to take it to Pelosi, but she's a hab. Nothing will happen. Folks, there is no better example of the have and have not class divide. That is the war going on right now. Do not get roped into this Republican versus Democrat. Yes, I vote Republican all the time. Not because they're going to solve our problems, but because the cause of my problems are Democrats. Do you, I hope you understand that. Those are not the same arguments that Republicans are good, Democrats are bad. It is a uniparty. It is one party. But people within the uniparty have different degrees of malfeasance. And there is no better example of the have and have not divide. The real fight now, can't say it enough, than the inflation crisis going on right now. Inflation is the single most damaging financial event in your lifetime right now. The year-over-year inflation rate that, that popped today, Guy, you put that on the screen before, right? That was at Washington Post. Um, 8.5% released this morning at 8.30 a.m. Eastern Time. 8.5%. Meaning if that rate were to persist over the course of a year, if you got a 10% raise, you would only be making in buying power 1.5% more in buying power. If you got a 10% raise, which is never going to happen. You get a 5% raise, you'll lose 3.5% of your buying power if the number persists year over year. You're losing money every day. If you get no raise, you've effectively been taxed out of close to 10% of your buying power. This is the biggest tax of your lifetime. And what's Joe Biden's solution? This clown joker in the White House, this disgrace of a human being? He wants to spend more money. Folks, this is not hard. Sorry to be passionate. I just I, I love economics, it's, and I cannot believe how this isn't even complicated marginal propensity to consume Keynesian nonsense. This is simple. We don't have enough money. The federal government, therefore, spends money it doesn't have because we don't have enough. Where does it get the money to give to people? The money's real. The Federal Reserve just prints it and makes it up, which creates more money. Which, if you don't create more products, you have more money chasing the same or fewer products. Is this hard? Biden wants to print more. You're going to pay. To the conservatives out there and the libertarians and the good Republicans, thank you for speaking common sense. To the liberals whining about inflation, shut them up. Shut up. I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it. Sit in a chair in the corner and shut your mouth. You did this. Swampy Republicans, too. I didn't notice. I'm not creating a distinction. If you support deficit spending and coronavirus blowouts with printing money, you did this. You can sit down and shut up. You're not entitled to an opinion right now. And I'm tired of your damn excuses and lies. You want to see the lies? You want to go through the litany of lies? Cue it up. Here's number one. 
Here's Saki yesterday, who knows that, I mean, talk about a, the Baghdad Bob of our time, Jen Saki. Again, a disgrace of a human being who will fit perfectly in with the pee-pee tape hoaxers at MSNBC. Here's her yesterday blaming it on Vladimir Putin and saying it's extraordinarily elevated. That This is her yesterday predicting this morning they knew the number was going to be bad. But notice the language she uses, that it's extraordinary. Is it? Because I have the data I'm going to give you in a few minutes. It's not extraordinary at all. It's been going up for months. And it's a Putin price hike. Really? It's interesting because inflation has been spiking way before the war in Russia, which would indicate to me there's a different cause. But of course, liberals, because you're morons, you'll suck this. So here, check this out. Because of the actions we've taken to address uh, Putin, the Putin price hike, we are in a better place than we were last month. Um, but we expect March CPA, CPI headline inflation to be extraordinarily elevated due to Putin's price hike. OK, one, you're, you are a lying, disgraceful fraud. It is not going to be better than last month. It is not Putin's price hike, and it is not extraordinary. It's been going on for a year now. These people are lying to you. I'm going to show you the data. Remember that? So first we have those lies. Here's another series of lies but from her and Biden. Cue up number two here. Here's Saki lying to you a few months ago, telling you, don't worry. This is all temporary. It's all going to go away. Check this out. And we just heard you say again that you think inflation is going to be temporary. We've heard you say that it was going to be temporary since last spring. So how long do you guys think temporary is? Well, again, Peter, I think what we do is we rely on the assessments of the Federal Reserve and of outside economic analysts who give an assessment of how long it will last. The expectations and their assessment at this point continues to be that it will moderate by the end of the year. It's not moderating by the end of the year. Holy Moses. How many of you on the left are going to keep falling for this obvious nonsense? Here's Biden questioned by Lester Holt, who bizarrely asked an actual journalist question. Hey, you guys kept saying it was temporary. It's not temporary. What's your definition of temporary? And listen to Biden's answer. Who's the real wise guy here? You'll see what I mean in a second. Check this out. I think it was back in July you said inflation was going to be temporary. I think a lot of Americans are wondering what your definition of temporary is. Well, you're being a wise guy with me a little bit. Uh, I understand that's your job. Who's a real wise guy? So now we know they said it was temporary. Lie. They said it's extraordinary. Lie. There's nothing extraordinary about it. It's been going up for months. They said it's blamed on Putin. Lie. But here's the biggest lie of all in this whole thing. You heard Jen Psaki say it in the first cut that oh, no, month over month, it's moderating. It is. Here's Psaki again, lying straight to your face. Folks, all you had to do on the left was go to a search engine, any search engine, and put month by month inflation rate, United States. And you could see she's lying. But because you're leftist, therefore, I'm sorry, but you have the IQs of a house mouse. Here you go. Here's Jen Psaki, your propaganda minister, lying right to your face. And you just accept it because you have no dignity. Check this out. What specific can you point to that has worked to bring down inflation? Well, uh, there are a number of steps we've taken. If you've seen, if you compare month to month, we've seen inflationary pressure or inflationary numbers go down month to month. We've seen it go down month to month. 
I mean, you speak English, right? I mean, the liberals out there, you understand the, you have the reading comprehension of a first grader or better. So the inflation level went down month to month. This took me all of about, I kid you not, 30 seconds or less to screenshot this from a statistics site. And all I put in the search engine was month to month inflation, United States. So here it is, month to month inflation from the United States. These are official government numbers compiled by Statista. You'll see an interesting thing, Joe, that month to month, the inflation rate has gone up. Yep. From February of last year, 1.7, 2.6, 4.2, 5.4, 5.4, 5.3, 5.4, 6.2, 6.8, 7, 7.5, 7.9. Now we're at eight and a half. Key, can you play that one again, Saki, saying month to month it's gone down? Can you play that again? Can we do that? Play that again. I just want you to see it one more time. What specifically can you point to that has worked to bring down inflation? Well, uh, there are a number of steps we've taken. If you've seen, if you compare month to month, we've seen inflationary pressure or inflationary numbers go down month to month. No, you no, you haven't seen that. No, you you literally made that up. You lied right to their face. And because we have a media who kisses the ass of the Biden administration and the Democrats, nobody just pulled it up on their phone and said, um, Peppermint? That's actually a lie. None of that's true. You had 1.0, uh, 0.1% decrease between July and August, which in September bumped right back up. You have not had any sustained pattern whatsoever of any decrease in inflation month over month at all. Do you know what a regression line is? Have you ever done basic statistics? Is anyone in the press corps going to ask her about that? Anyone? Call to the press corps. Is anyone going to show her this chart and ask her to explain why she's a damn liar all the time? It's only the biggest financial crisis of your time. Your purchasing power to buy food, gas, vehicles, transportations, and medical services being whittled away month by month, and you're accepting these lies? Why? Why? Again, I'm not absolving swampy Republicans from not doing a damn thing over the years to stop this stem of money printing. I'm not. But I'm telling you, the Democrats are now pushing through Joe Biden for more spending, which will cause this chart to go up even more. So what's their solution? Well, you would think their solution would be, listen, we better get a hold on this stat Stop printing money or we are going to destroy the value of the dollar. People are going to starve to death. Oh, no. No, no. I want you to show you what some leftists are talking about. I want to show you in a couple minutes uh, here coming up on, on uh, show you what they're talking about on Twitter is a solution to all this. If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. It's so small, it can be stored anywhere, in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. Comes in black and two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to $400, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers in the role made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals and a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. Okay, uh, getting back to the show. So 
rather than engaging in you know common sense here and saying we're printing a lot of money that's causing a massive inflation crisis, crushing the wallets of the have-nots while the haves do A-OK. That's not what they want. Here's Mehdi Hassan, noted leftist uh, this, this guy here. Here's their solution. So Biden's approval ratings are down amongst 18 to 30-year-olds because you know they're going to the gas station trying to fill up their tanks and they can't afford it. So he says Biden needs to cancel student debt ASAP. He notes again, ASAP, ASAP. So if you cancel student debt, the debt's still owed, right? So let's walk through this a sec. Joe, this is complicated. Put your thinking caps yeah. on, as my fifth grade teacher, Miss Gilfeather, used to say. I know you get, he's like, it's early, Dan. I'm having a coffee. I'm not really ready for a lot of thinking. Me either, but here we go. Okay, so the debt, the money's already been created. You have student Joey Bag of Donuts who gave the money to Harvard or whatever, $100,000. So the money's, the money's now being spent and the account's already out, okay? Right. Harvard then spent it on teacher salaries, endowments. It's in a financial institution. So the money's there. So the money didn't go anywhere. But they borrowed the money from someone. They borrowed it from the government. So if the government cancels the debt, Joe, does the money magically just disappear out of the economy? Who's ever holding it now? Just like it gets sucked up into like a vortex of doom. Do you think that happens? Well, Dan... All debts are paid, so it's yeah, going to come debts. from yeah. somewhere. Yes, yes. That is correct, Joe, citing Milton Friedman, because he's heard it a thousand times and he knows it. All debts are paid either by the debtor or the creditor. Yes, sir. So the debtor, the student who took the student loan, who then spent it, the money's out in the economy, um, if he doesn't pay it, who pays it? The creditor pays it. The creditor, if it is the government, which it is in the student loan industry, is you. So if the creditor has to pay it, but there's no money to pay it because we don't have the tax base to pay it because we're already in debt, what does that mean? It means the Federal Reserve has to print more money to pay off the student loans of your rich neighbor's kid, which means inflation goes up even more, meaning not only are you paying in your taxes, you're paying in inflation too. Sounds like a great idea. Oh. Matty, son, way to nail it, brother. Way to nail it. You guys really got this thing pegged. Every debt is paid. Every Debt is paid either by the debtor or the creditor. All right, moving on. Speaking of haves and have-nots, if you're a conservative on social media, you're a have-not. You don't have access. You say anything, like you call a man a man on Twitter. You're banned for, you're not even allowed to speak in the new public square. So that's why the left is freaking out about the Elon Musk story we've been covering for a few days. They don't want Elon Musk, a man thought to be a big advocate for free speech. I say thought to be because I don't know him personally, so I can't vouch for people I don't know. But based on his public statements, it appears he's very upset with Twitter censorship. The left, of course, loves Twitter censorship, so they're losing their minds about it. And I said to you yesterday, Elon Musk refusing to take a board seat on Twitter indicates to me he's interested more in a hostile takeover. A hostile takeover doesn't mean like war, like a Twitter, like the, you know, uh, something out of like a G.I. Joe comic book, okay? A hostile takeover just means the company doesn't want to be taken over by the person. The management doesn't want to leave, but the entity taking over the company has different ideas. That's why it's called a hostile takeover. Doesn't mean, again, like G.I. Joe Cobra, He-Man Skeletor. Just means the company doesn't want to change. I think Elon, that's what he's looking at. Now, there's a post-millennial article I encourage you to read. Elon Musk liked a tweet signaling that what I told you yesterday, again, you're not wasting your time here, may be correct, that they wanted him on the board because by putting him on the board, he's a fiduciary, meaning he has a legal 
financial responsibility to act in the betterment of the company, meaning any of his tweets tweeting negatively about Twitter, which he does a lot of, could open him up to shareholder lawsuits. Everybody understand? He's on the board. He's not on the board and he's just a shareholder like anyone else. He can say whatever the hell he wants, which could be to talk the company down, let the stock hit a little bit, buy more at a cheaper price, and then take over the company. I haven't heard this from anyone. Again, trading and insider information is illegal. I'm just speculating based on his public statements and the fact that he liked his tweet yesterday from a guy at Tank TDS. Tank said, let me break this down for you. Elon became largest shareholder for free speech. Elon was told to play nice and not speak freely, liked by Elon Musk. You're not wasting your time here, folks. I spent a lot of time as a criminal investigator. Facts matter. Follow the fact pattern. You think the guy turned down a board seat on Twitter, one of the most important companies on planet Earth? You think he turned it down because he was bored on a weeknight? Was like, yes or no? Let me say, he did it for a reason. I sense a hostile takeover, and that's why the employees of Twitter are freaking them out. Okay, man, that was a loaded intro. Seriously, <laughs> like I'm about like my gas tank. I dumped like half my gas tank in that intro right there. Good. I had a radio show to do later, so we need a moment of comic relief. Can always seek that over at CNN. Uh, you know, uh, the uh, coffee boy over at CNN, Brian Stelter, uh, the least talented human being in media who got his job fetching coffee for the now deposed Jeff Zucker. He was his coffee boy. They, no, really, like the coffee boy. So Stelter got a show hilariously titled uh, Reliable Sources. It should be titled Unreliable Sources. So he brings this uh, guy on who did a study on media consumption behavior. And what he found out in the media consumption study was that CNN and Fox News uh, obviously broadcast different material. Fox broadcast material more likely to benefit Republicans, CNN Democrats. I know a lot of you are laughing. We needed a study for that. (laughs) I guess so. (laughs) So I don't know if Stelter Joe didn't read the study. I mean, the guy's not particularly bright. He's he's well known by people inside there to be a, a dunce. He's not a particularly smart fellow. Ask anyone who knows him. He probably didn't read the study. All he saw was Fox News, benefits, Republican, whatever. So he brings this guy on. I want you to listen how quickly this breaks bad. When Stelter, hoping the guy pushes an anti-Fox talking point, blames CNN too. And Stelter's like, yeah, it sounds like you're pushing both sideism there. Stelter wrecked on his own show. This is great. Check this out. So, Josh, you all call this partisan coverage filtering. Um, and it, basically, you're proving what we've sensed for a while, which is Fox viewers are in the dark about bad news for the GOP. That's right. Fox and CNN cover different issues. And Fox News predominantly covers issues that that make the GOP look good and and make Democrats look bad. And and on the flip side, CNN engages in this partisan coverage filtering as as well that we find. For example, during this time, the Abraham Accords were signed. And these were the agreements where Israel, the UAE, and Bahrain signed a, a major peace agreement. And we see that Fox News covered this really major accomplishment about 15 times more than, than CNN did. So we established both networks are, are really engaging in this partisan coverage filtering. It's, it's not about one side. It's about the media writ large. I think you're engaging in some both sides, isn't there, Josh? 
this is seriously one of the dumbest human beings on planet Earth. You get a guy on who does a study showing what everyone already knows, that the news is partisan. It just is, folks. It is. The news is partisan, that Fox may cover stories more of interest to their Republican-leaning audience, CNN to its Democrat-leaning audience. The guy clearly says both sides do it. Here's the data. And Stelter's talking point there is, well, it sounds like you're engaging in both sides. You mean like doing an analysis of both sides? This is one of the dumbest human beings to ever have been given a TV show. And I mean in the history of sentient human beings. You, the guy's study was on both sides. Did you not read this study? The study is literally on both sides of the political aisle and their media consumption. And Stelter's talking about it. Well, I think you're doing both sides. What an idiot. It was literally the study. The study was on both sides. <laughs> what a moron. Holy Moses. Is this guy stupid? In case you need examples, by the way, of CNN's long history and Stelter as well of pushing fake news. Fox News is a great piece. It's up in the uh, newsletter today. Both sides. Bongino.com slash newsletter if you want to check it out. They have five examples. The collusion hoax, the Nick Sandman uh, scandalous story that they made up, the Juicy Small A deal, the Russian laptop Hunter Biden nonsense, and the Joe Rogan ivermectin thing. CNN, experts at fake news. Right. It is. It's like, you know what he said, right? Like, Joe, it's like a magnetic attraction to BS. You know? They can't, <laughs> they sense a BS story and they're like, it's like the don't put, remember the Ren and Stimpy episode? Yeah. Don't push the red button. It's like, they know it's fake news. They know it. They know it. And they can't tell Brian Stelter's like this. I mean, sweaty, but right. I, it's just, it's my secret service Easter egg from 2007. If you see what I'm moving there on the rumble video, it's just stunning. Like he brings a dude on his show. The entire study is viewing both sides of the aisle and their news consumption. And, oh, it looks like both sides is what an idiot this guy is. <laughs> I can't get over it. Okay. Okay. I needed that. I needed a good laugh. Yeah. Let's do this. Haves and have nots continued. Do you see this thing about masks on planes and Kamala? Kamala. So the, again, the money ball rule about masks, right? If masks work, then why aren't masks working? Moneyball, if he's a good hitter, why doesn't he hit good? No one can explain that, yet they continue to push the mask thing on you because of this great reset idea. They want government power. Government power comes through telling you what to do. That's why they love mandates. So in case you thought the paucity of evidence indicating masks have done a darn thing to stop this pandemic or the virus from spreading was going to alter the bureaucracy and the haves in the bureaucracy from telling you Double-barreled, family-friendly, keep the mask on, you idiots. After all, you don't have access to power. Then you'd be wrong. Washington Examiner. Extension of transportation mask mandate is absolutely on the table. Their COVID czar, Ja, says. Of course it's on the table. What did I tell you yesterday in the Great Reset Show? If you haven't seen it, please, please, please do it. Hold on. There's a little bit of breaking news right here. They have... Uh, Several undetonated devices found at scene, 36th Street and 4th Avenue in Brooklyn. wonder what they mean by that. I'll follow that story. Looks like uh, maybe undetonated explosives in New York City. Sorry, I didn't mean to get sidetracked, but important thing just broke on the news. 
but the haves and have nots. It doesn't matter. They can't produce a shred or scintilla of randomly controlled trials showing the effectiveness of masks stopping the pandemic. They can't produce it. They are making you wear it because of the great reset mentality that they're softening you up to mandates. Why do you think it is the only two acceptable narratives on the left with COVID involved mandates? The mask mandate and the vaccine mandate. Because they want to tell you what to do now and in the future. The Great Reset involves more government control over your life. And COVID was the perfect vehicle to do it. That's why they don't want to talk about anything else. Of course, this thing was going to continue. Now, Kamala Harris, if they believed in the mask thing, Joe Biden is older. Joe Biden's, what, 79 years old? Clearly, cognitively in a little bit of trouble. Joe Biden is high risk. So if the mask mandate on a plane is so essential to keeping young, healthy people on a tube that has airflow constantly circulating, if that's then why shouldn't Kamala Harris wear a mask in front of Joe Biden? Well, Jen Psaki was asked this and listen to the logic. Joe, here's the logic. Don't worry. If you're excited and emotional, then somehow that you don't need the mask. You have you have X-Men like powers. To not expel virus when you're excited. Okay. If you're having trouble with this, so are the all the other have-nots. Check this out. You said on Friday that um, the vice president was masked indoors all day, but the White House tweeted a video showing her standing over the president without a mask on. Can you explain what happened there? Well, I would say that the vice president and the president and all of us abide by what the CDC protocols are. It was an emotional day. It was a historic day. And there were moments when she was not wearing a mask inside, including in a photo. But she was wearing it 99.9% of the time. I just, I, 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 I can't, I can't get over, like, is this, is there ever been a better example of the haves and have nots than the mask drama? How many, go through the list of Gavin Newsom, Nancy Pelosi, Joe Biden, Kamala Harris. I mean, just name every prominent Democrat has been caught maskless while claiming you need a mask on a plane or you're going to sicken and kill someone else. Yet the vice president of the United States breathing her air all over Joe Biden, over his shoulder with no mask. Because don't worry, they were emotional. Joe, emotion kills the, you didn't know, didn't you didn't know, know that? that? No. Come on. That's because you're not a scientist, man, like me. <laughs> Two idiots. You know, emotion. Of course it kills the virus, you moron. You guys are so stupid. Emo you get emotional, it kills the virus. The hell are you guys doing? You don't know that? Idiots. I work with idiots here. <laughs> I'm kidding. Yeah, I'm kidding. He's like, yeah, but yeah, they're holding their breath. Oh, yeah. Who was it who said that? Yeah, Gavin. No, no, no. It was Eric Garcetti. Remember the mayor of LA got caught in a picture with Magic Johnson with no mask? Yeah. And he goes, oh, yeah, I was just, I was holding my breath. That's the other theory. So you got to wear a mask because the great resetters love mandates, except for two things. If you're really emotional and you just hold your breath and don't breathe and those situations, you're, <laughs> and if you're emotional and you don't breathe, you're double protected. This is it, folks. Tell me again how you're the, how you're not, how you're the have, you're not the have nots. You don't have access. You have access to power like BLM. You don't got to wear a mask. There you go. Perfect. Remember BLM, the riots? No masks, no nothing. They were like, oh, no, it doesn't matter. It's more important to combat racial injustice or whatever they said they were there for. Even Fauci said it, too. Yeah, yeah, it's a public health menace. <sighs> you know what a real public health menace is? Nice segue there, if I might. The food crisis coming up. It's a topic we've covered on the show and the radio show often. There is a devastating food crisis coming, ladies and gentlemen, and you darn well better be prepared. Listen, I care about you a lot. 
I'm not kidding. I love the audience. That's why there's an email on our website. That's why I leave the Facebook page open for your messages. I am here for you. I am one of you. I came from you. I'm a middle-class kid who had a middle-class job with a middle-class life who just in the last few years happened to be blessed enough with all the things you've given me. I care about you. This show is always about In the minute I don't care, I'm going to stop because my life is over and has no meaning anymore. I'm telling you, the biggest crisis of our time financially is the inflation crisis, which is parlaying into a food crisis as well. It is going to get worse. You know, I can't stand Axios, but Axios Markets put some decent stuff out once in a while. I'm on their email list, and I saw this this morning. The inflation index measures a basket of food commodities, cereals, vegetable oils, dairy, meat, and sugar. Folks, the prices of this stuff are exploding. But here's the point I want to take. Check this out on the screen here if you're watching on Rumble. Here's the part that's important. Yeah, we know food prices are high, Dan. That's not breaking news. They note, here's what's next. The U.S. is also struggling with rising food prices and expect to hear more about this later this morning when the March consumer prices, uh, when the March consumer price index is released because Ukraine They're unable to plant crops, folks. The leading sunflower oil exporter and top grain supplier, they're all saying this is going to drag into next year. They're unable to plant crops. What I'm telling you is we're still living off the grain sunflower oil supply from pre-Ukraine-Russia invasion. You think it's bad now. It's going to get worse because it's expensive now, and there's even less in the pipeline for the coming months and years. Please prepare. Let me, I'm not trying to scare you. I'm trying to prepare you. There's a difference. Let me throw a couple more factors in here indicating to you how bad this food crisis is going to get. And man, Tuesday, April 12th, 931, I hope and pray I'm wrong. Please, God, I'm not using your name in vain. Please tell me I'm wrong. Ukraine's crushing the, uh, they were a major wheat supplier. That hasn't even hit us yet. Because next year's crop is yet to be planted. Second, Biden yesterday, in a moment of peak desperation, in an effort to try to stem the the increasing cost of gas, said he's going to allow 15% ethanol blends in the summer, which is typically, but they they don't do that. What does that have to do with food prices? Well, where does ethanol come from, folks? Well, corn. You're in the middle of a food crisis. You're going to put your food in your gas tank? I got to be honest with you, man, I'd rather eat than drive my car. It both sucks not being able to afford either one. But if it comes out to food drive, I'll take the food. Combine that with the 26 million person prison camp in Shanghai, China. 26 million people not working and producing products used around the world. That's a city over twice the size of New York City, Shanghai, China, locked down due to COVID and the Chinese Communist Party prison camp. Folks, I'm telling you, I can't warn you in strong enough terms. Go out and get some extra stuff. I know people are struggling. I know it's expensive, but I deeply, deeply care about you. Your issue is the only reason I do this show. Please prepare. Get yourself some emergency food, too. That's why we have one of them as a sponsor. Super, super important. Okay, um, let me get to my last sponsor. And then Dan Bongino agrees with leftist nutbag John Oliver for once. Um, Yeah, shocker, I actually do. 
Oliver had an interesting segment on the growing practice of data mining, something I've warned you about. Folks, the surveillance state dystopia is here now, right now. Let me get to my last sponsor first. You watch this segment. Oliver actually nails it. Hey, if you've been listening to the show for a while, you probably heard me talk about my Helix mattress. I love it. Well, Helix has now gone beyond the bedroom and they make sofas too. All form, A-L-L-F-O-R-M, has premium customizable sofas and chairs shipped right to your door. We have one in Isabel's room. She loves it. All form customizes a sofa using premium materials at a fraction of the cost. They do it right here in the U.S. You can pick your fabric, color, sofa size, and shape to fit perfectly in your home. The fabric is spill, stain, and scratch resistant. They've got armchairs and love seats all the way up to an eight-seat sectional. So there's something for everyone, and you can always start small and buy more seats later, which is great, so we can grow and change with you when you move. All form sofas are delivered directly to your home within a couple of weeks and with free shipping. In the past, it could take months for your sofa to arrive, and you need someone to come and assemble it. Not with all form. It's a simple and quick assembly with no tools needed. And if getting a sofa without trying it in a store sounds risky to you, don't worry about it. You've got 100 days to decide if you want to keep your all form. That's more than three months. And if you don't love it, they'll pick it up for you free and give you a full refund. It's really that simple. We love ours. Isabel loves her all form sofa. It's beautiful. They have a forever warranty, literally forever. To find your perfect sofa today, check out allform.com slash Dan. That's allform, A-L-L-F-O-R-M.com slash Dan. Allform's offering 20% off all orders for our listeners at allform dot com slash Dan Allform dot com slash Dan. Thanks, Allform. We appreciate it. So it's very rare. Uh, I agree with leftists, but when they're right, they're right. And John Oliver, who is a far left radical, he brings up a decent point here on his show. He's talking about the surveillance dystopia we live in now, how not just our websites you visit implanting cookies, cookies that, that go in and implant a piece of code to watch what you're doing online. That's why we, use, we open with ExpressVPN every day. I don't mean to keep throwing it, but it's so important. You don't want people knowing what you do online. It's none of their business. It's not just the website that you're at. It's third parties. The website, websites you're not even on implanting this into your, um, into your system. Here, check this out. You'll see what I mean. Basically, companies other than the site that you are on planting a piece of code in your browser that allows them to track where else you are going on the internet. Just watch as a tech writer explains what they found when they tried to learn just how many companies were tracking them. So I started the day on Google and did a search and nine trackers were downloaded onto my computer. Trackers do what it sounds like they do, they track you. They can get my IP address or the device I'm using or the screen size. They were able to determine my location very precisely. Next, I went to HuffPo and I was swarmed. The, the trackers kind of multiplied. There were dozens and dozens. And they're just, the trackers are just kind of, you know, on my heels as I go around the web. Yeah, and I don't know about you, but I don't want a whole crowd of strangers watching what I search for on the internet. Not because it's gross, because it's private. Private doesn't have to mean gross. He's not wrong. And again, uh, uh, you know, whereas I'm sure our battle uh, with this guy and his radical leftist nonsense will continue to go on. When he's right, he's right. The surveillance dystopia we live in is here, folks. Get a VPN. You got you heard my sponsor in the beginning. I don't take on sponsors just because like we need them. We, we believe me, we don't run a lot of ads in our show. We can be very selective. I do it because the surveillance state we're living in now concerns me too, just like the food crisis. 
You shouldn't be letting these people see what you do online. It's none of their business. Third-party trackers and planting all these tracking things. Really, do you want every single thing you visit online? I mean, think about it, right? What if you visit, you know, AR-15, some AR-15 website? You want some government entity, if there's a shooting in this area, pulling you up in a search going, hey, could this guy be involved? don't, Don't laugh that off. That's the future we're in right now. Very concerning stuff. Listen, I'm monitoring. I'm sorry if you, I, I don't mean to seem this. I'm not distracted looking up at the screen. I got material I got to get through, but appears to be a pretty serious story brewing in Brooklyn, New York. I'll cover it, of course, in the live radio show later. So, Jim, if you're listening, we need to pull some sound for this. It appears the Fire Department of New York City has found, according to a Fox camera, several undetonated devices that appear to be explosives. There are reports of shootings, uh, shooting at the scene. Um, I'll be covering this later on the radio show, but uh, appears to be a pretty serious story out of Brooklyn. So I'm trying to monitor it here on uh, social media as well. And honestly, it's hard to find anything, and I, which is I find kind of stunning. So um, I'm sorry. I don't, again, I don't mean to be breaking NYPD possible explosion shooting in a Brooklyn subway station during the rush hour. So it says here's a here's the latest. Um, uh, the FDMY says that multiple people have been shot in a Brooklyn subway station where undetonated devices were also found. The FDNY did not elaborate on devices found, but did say upon arrival, this is from a reporter at CNN, so take it for what it's worth, to call for a smoke condition at 36th Street and 4th Avenue subway. We'll see. Okay, I'll, I'll, I'll stay on top of that in the show. All right, um, I do have some other material I've got to get to. There's a lot going on in the news. Folks, uh, Technofog, who is a brilliant writer over at Substack, Technofog has been doing a deep dive into Michael Sussman, the Democrat-connected Hillary Clinton lawyer, and what it means for Hillary Clinton. I know this case gets very detailed, all the players. It's a very simple story. Hillary Clinton's team invented a fake story that Trump colluded with the Russians to win the election and hijacked the FBI to get them to investigate. Does everybody understand that? The players and stuff, I get it. It's like, you know, a spaghetti bowl of names. I understand. But it's important you keep the big story in mind. One of the fake stories they pitched to the FBI was that Trump Tower was connected to a bank in Russia called Alpha Bank. And they used some alleged back and forth computer traffic to show that the connection exists. But here's the question, ladies and gentlemen. Was that traffic ever real at all? Or, like the alleged DNC hack by the Russians, was the entire story fabricated by the Clinton campaign? Well, Techno has an interesting uh, take on this. Techno's piece is special counsel John Dorham continues his focus on the Hillary Clinton campaign. He talks about this piece uh, in buried in the court filing. Let's get to the next one. You'll see in the piece, they note that if the defense, in other words, Sussman, tries to cross-examine government witnesses or calls its own witnesses to testify in a matter that seeks to establish or encourage particular conclusions in this regard, the government reserves the right to have UC Martin testify uh, tomorrow to this. The possibility that the data was fabricated, altered, manipulated, spoofed, or unintentionally or uh, intentionally generated for the purpose of creating a false appearance of communication. Let me translate that for you. What does that mean? means John Durham's investigating Clearly, the idea that Hillary Clinton's team fabricated this entire thing, this Alpha Bank connection, all of it. Now, that's the good news. 
it may put some liability, may, may, I'm not optimistic, may put some liability on HFA, Hillary for America, and Hillary's organization. Here's the downside. My great source, the 279er, reached out yesterday, and he's like, Dan, I'm not optimistic about the FBI. I said, what do you mean? He said he thinks that Michael Sussman is trying to give the FBI an out. That what they're going to do is that uh, the case is going to be, oh, the FBI, they were, sp- they were uh, Hillary Clinton, suckered them, so did Danchenko, so did uh, Sussman. It's not the FBI's fault. That would be a real shame because it's pretty clear to me looking at the data that people in the FBI knew what they were doing. So the good news is Hillary may be under investigation and her team. The bad news is may be under investigation at the expense of any culpability at the FBI, which is definitely bad news. Okay, update uh, FDNY saying 13 injured in the Brooklyn subway shooting. So this is, uh, yeah, very, very bad news. You know, stay on top of that. All right, last story because it's important. Listen, this is wonky, so I get it if some of you tune out, but I please I encourage you not to. If you're ever debating with your leftist professors in school and they want to uh, talk about the benefits of high taxes, they will almost always cite this guy, Piketty. Or Piketty, whatever, I don't know. But P-I-K-E-T-T-Y. He did this study, and basically the study said this. You know, income inequality decreased after FDR hiked the taxes in the United States uh, during the whole Great Depression. And look, basically they said it worked. That he hiked the taxes, inequality went down. Well, that study, which your college professor I'm sure knows about, Besides Piketty, you should respond back, really? Because there's been a new study on Piketty's work debunking it by Magnus and Geloso. Here's a piece in the Wall Street Journal who said that, you know what? Those tax hikes actually didn't have as much to do with it as the stock market crash did. Stock market crashed. Rich people got poorer. That's what did it. And they cite in the piece, you can see on the screen here, how when you look at the IRS data, it's pretty clear that Piketty came to a ridiculous conclusion on this. It wasn't the tax hikes. It was the stock market crash. Tax hikes on the rich don't do anything to stop inequality to the the level they want you to believe. It's important that you understand this piece because they'll cite Piketty all the time. All right, we're going to roll. Then I get to work on covering this for the radio show later. I got Julie Kelly coming up later as well on the radio show. We'll see you there. Please don't forget to subscribe to my podcast. It's important. The subscriptions drive us up the charts. Wherever you get your podcasts, please subscribe. It helps us out a lot. It's free, of course. And then also subscribe on Rumble, rumble.com slash Bongino. Thanks a lot. See you on the radio show later. You just heard Dan Bongino.